0: Episode 319.
1: You've got to throw some cold water on this situation. Start talking about nerd stuff. You know, nerd culture is mainstream now, so when you use the word nerd derogatorily, it means you're the one that's out of the zeitgeist. System activate. (laughs) This is Netheads with Will Wilkins and Trent Hunsaker. It's a tech podcast. Tech podcast. But we are a ton cooler than your typical geek. You guys rock. And now, here's Will and Trent.
0: Already off to a grand start. I forgot I should, I have an altered button to hit when it's just me. Because there is no Trent in this one, and it's uh, not Trent's fault, nor is it mine. Just is what it is. Seems to be my motto as of lately. Welcome, another edition of the Heads. My name is Will. As I said, no Trent. If you want to take part in the program, you can one of many ways. Although this one is definitely after the fact, because uh, unlike... Typical scenarios, we are actually, even though this is streaming for our Patreon supporters, uh, it is, that's the only place it's going out right now. So we have a lot of, uh, a lot of roo- wiggle room here to uh, to really screw things up, but then still be able to recover. Like as a matter of fact, I could just restart this whole thing right now and take out everything after I said 319 and go from there like this. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NetHeads. My name is Will. If you want to take part in the program, you can one of many ways. One of them is Twitter, hashtag NetHeads on Twitter if you want to follow along, especially after the fact because this one is just going out to our Patreon subscribers at the moment. Uh, So thank you very much to our supporters. If you want to find out more about that, NetHeadsonAir.com for any link that matters when it comes to this show speaking of things that matter folks uh obviously uh we all walk our own unique paths in life we all do uh the things that we do and uh, interestingly enough sometimes we get to intersect paths with other people and uh as many of you may know i'd hope by now uh i have the benefit of being able to work with somebody that I formerly uh, admired, and that gentleman's name is Kevin Smith, and through him, I have been able to meet all kinds of important people, and uh, as such, one of them, I I see interactions happen online, right, and then certain things pique your interest, like, oh wait, who is this, where is this coming from, Uh, what's the story here? And and I realize that if I've got that question, there are many other people that may as well. So, out of the kindness of his own heart, uh, thankfully today we're going to have a little bit of a discussion on our tech podcast <laughs> with uh, none other than Mr. Brian Stoner, who uh, you may have uh, seen mentioned in Kevin's tweets or some of his uh, live streams, and and most definitely in my experience anyway from. Um, from our uh from the time uh spent in New Orleans welcome to the microphone Mr Brian Stoner thank you sir thank you for having me my pleasure man um so uh, for those of you that may not know let me just tell you how I was introduced to Brian and and let you know how things kind of flowed from there uh I just one day I saw saw Kevin Smith tweeting at Stoner Basically, that's what I took out of it. It wasn't even Brian. It was just Stoner. Stoner, how's the whole Stoner family? And I was like, well, that's uh, what's going on here. And wow, this guy is pretty brazen about his habits uh, out in the open, which turns out not the case at all, because let's be very clear. I introduced you as Brian Stoner. That is your correct surname. Yep. So uh, he he is truly a stoner like no other. Or Well, I'm sure there are many others, but just not what you would... Uh, typically uh have a sign although i'm sure you have probably dealt with your handful of pot jokes in your lifetime
2: yes there's there's been a few i was just happy when we transitioned from stoner rhymes with boner to kids got old enough to know what drugs were that was that was a good time in my life (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, things were a little challenging, then you got a little
0: bit older, and and then it's just like, oh, you're the life of the party, possibly. Or people are really bummed when you're not carrying, is my (laughs) question. Right. How does it it feel to be married to just kind of such a uh, ubiquitous title without actually being a practitioner?
2: Uh, It's interesting. I mean, you know, there was people assume instantly which is hilarious to me because if your last name's smith i don't expect you to be able to make me a sword you know just because you're what a world uh, we would live in though if that were the case though right it would be so great it (laughs) would be so great um that's actually when i met my wife her mate her maiden name is bolzomi and i thought it was blow and that's that whole concept's why i uh, sought her out in the first place but um
0: oh my god have you been working on your tight five for the Chuckle Hut? Very good. You you already got me engaged. Look at you, man. Um, so uh, but getting kind of back on the point. Actually, first of all, let's let's dial things back a little bit. I'm gonna do something weird, Brian. Okay. Uh, and you're gonna see it. Um many of you may know, hopefully you've figured out. Again, by now that uh, I live in the United States of America, and uh, we are currently experiencing a global pandemic. I uh, many of us are affected by that, uh, including uh, Brian. Who correct me if I'm wrong. You're up in the in the Washington area, which was previously considered one of the hot spots uh, for this yeah.
2: disease. Correct? That is correct. Yeah, I'm up here in Tacoma, Washington, and. It has been a cluster, but, uh, you know, we're just all trying to survive. That's all we can do. Just shelter kind of in place and mask up and all the other buzzwords we're being told to use and support, which I do. So it's
0: funny you mentioned that. So earlier I came to an epiphany, if you will, and excuse me for a moment, I'm going to do something I'm very uncomfortable with, which is not hear the show while it's going on, um, but I, I came to a realization, which is that uh, I already was doing something. Uh, daily, I go out on a morning walk, right? And and when I do that, I although I'm not required to, uh, I always merit wear a mask. Because here in California, anyway, you've got up to, I think, six feet uh, of distance, you know, anytime you're around somebody. So if you're going to be within that proximity, if you're outdoors doing exercise or what have you, They say you have to have a mask in the event that that would happen. Mm -hmm. Now, I go out and I wear a mask all the time and I do that not because I'm, you know, uh, concerned about getting close to people. Uh, I'm doing it both uh, for the practicality of it to make sure that should I somehow, uh, even though I do my best to not go out and I do my best to uh, keep my environment sterile, if you will. Uh, I um, I always go out wearing a mask to both make sure I'm protecting other people, but also kind of as a statement and a reminder and as a way to normalize, if you will, the appearance of masks in public uh, of people wearing masks. I think that until we get beyond this disease, it's going to be our new normal. It's going to be a good practitioner normal. I don't understand how on earth. Masks became politicized. And and believe me when I say from the bottom of my heart, when it comes to masks, I don't care about your political opinion. I don't. I'm glad you got one. Everyone has the right to have one. But. When it comes down to the science, if every one of us were to always wear a mask in public and be diligent about washing our hands and and all of these things, we would greatly reduce the transmission of this disease. Until the time, hopefully, we have a vaccine. Uh, if we do not have a vaccine, we, this is going to be our new normal until we eradicate its existence because we're no longer propagating it. Okay, mm-hmm. and. And so in make, in making that decision, I, I realized that uh, in order to normalize the appearance of masks, I need to take it a step further. I have very little sway, very so- low social impact. Uh, but everywhere that I do, you know, I'm at least speaking to a certain number of people. And those people may hear me and they may continue the message. And honestly, even though it is not comfortable... Uh, even though it's not the norm and definitely here in a room all mine by myself, it's not needed from now on. If you see me on social media in the capacity where I am supposedly entertaining, uh, you know, that is subjective and always up to the end user, whether I'm truly entertaining or not. Um, and, and God knows I I try too hard anyway. Um. If if in the capacity that you see me in doing this, if I'm sitting down and I'm streaming and I'm blah, 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 you know, maybe not necessarily in a photo with my family because I'm still capturing memories. (laughs) But from now on, even when I'm sitting here doing this podcast because I can be seen. Because you can make out who I am and you can see my face and and mind you, I'm not hiding, (laughs) even though it sounds that way. Um, I'm doing this just for it to become the new normal. So you may hear a different sound of the podcast for a little while because I'm going to be talking through a mask if I'm running video. Uh, if I'm doing something on on Twitch, on YouTube, on, on Twitter, on TikTok, I- I'm going to be, this is how you're going to see me until we're through this. And if everybody does this and we make it the normal, okay? Because there is no weirdness about it. I've gone on my morning walks, as I said, wearing a mask. I'm able to breathe just fine. I think right now the only reason why I'm having any type of uh, breathing is because I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone and uh, and I'm definitely making it weird. So uh, I apologize for making you the guinea pig uh, for this this new lifestyle, if you will. But, you know, I don't want – I, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I possibly can. And this is the only thing I can think of to where I can have any type of impact. Uh, even, you know, admittedly, uh, because of my choice of, of style of mask, at least I'm making it interesting as well. Cause now I've got the entire galaxy on my face, uh, for those of you that may look on this later, if you're listening to the podcast, um, you know, I, I, it's just, it's something we got to do. I can't think, I mean, is there anything else you can think of that maybe I'm overlooking so I could take this thing off?
2: Nothing, right? <laughs> Not really. I yeah. mean, that's, we just have to. I think support, I think the problem is we a lot of us are, unfortunately we have that sheeple kind of mentality. And if you get one loud voice saying, you know, masks aren't real or it's not necessary, or your mask is a tinfoil hat, then someone else goes, Oh wait, may- maybe that's the thing. So we just have to outnumber them, you know, and, and obviously we know wearing masks is the right thing to do. So, we just do it, and like you said, the more you see it, the more it becomes. And it takes the power away from it. If it, if that's what everyone else is doing, the world's full of you know a fair amount of followers, so everyone will hopefully follow suit.
0: Yeah, even even if it only spreads to a few people, uh, I I think I would just be more comfortable doing this because, as I said, there's very little that I could do. I mean, like I didn't yeah. even I was not one of the people that went out, even though I fully supported. And understood. I did not go out and, and take part in any Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, it just I wasn't willing to do that because although I I am not happy with the state of things in our country and I do wish to show my support, I'm going to be doing it from inside this bubble. I you know it's it, and there's a lot of reasonable expectations right now today this day which is uh, I think uh, day one hundred and. 16, possibly. Uh, I can tell you in just one second here. Hold on. It is day 119 that we have essentially been kind of sheltering in place here right? in my house. We did venture out to one family gathering. It was extremely uh, tense. Uh, and, and now uh, we wouldn't even be able to do it the way we're today because uh, at 119 days in, our state... Uh, California is basically saying we got to roll some stuff back because you guys aren't playing nice. You're right. not doing what you need to do. And, <laughs> and you know, masks now are a thing. A lot of the schools are going to online, etc. etc. et cetera. So from here within my bubble, this is what I can do. And, uh, okay. you know, really, folks, it, it's kind of like I, I look, I I'm already hearing enough bad stuff about this disease and what it can do and how we can't even predict the long-term effects. You know, the the longest, we've got this foolish discussion right now and politicization of getting kids back in school while we are having the largest counts of, of, of new cases in our country. This mm-hmm. is essentially like uh, saying, I really think we should all start wearing white when we're going into the paintball tournament (laughs) you know what i'm saying
2: yeah it's
0: like you're not going to keep things nice and clean so you got to do something uh to improve things and that's one of them we we, we've got to up our game by realizing that uh you know we don't know what this disease can do uh we've got a lot of la uh, county, San Diego County, they're now saying, no, our kids are going to be online until such time that things improve. And these are the calls that we need to make. Uh, we see a lot of people with a lot of dangerous rhetoric. I'm not going to repeat it here. But, you know, what I'll say is that just based on the information I have read, you know, there are things about the long term effects of this disease that we do not know, including. I think I recently saw an article where doctors were seeing a trend that young children that gets this disease, even though they're asymptomatic, they are seeing changes in the lungs and it can cause respiratory issues. You know, a lot of people don't realize the kind of shit that polio and, and other more severe diseases would, would do to the human body. You know, there are... There is shit that would bend us out of the way and incapacitate us. And and we don't know the long-term effects of this. So, uh, you know, the the m- the best way to stamp it out is to end it being around us. So if we end transmission and we get beyond the period where surfaces are affected or are, are able to contain it, uh, you know, we can minimize the impact. I, I fuck herd immunity if it's something that's going to permanently damage me.
2: Well, exactly. And what cracks me up is I have so many people that, before all this started, I couldn't get them to leave the house. You make plans nine, 10 times. They always cancel, they always back out. And now they're like, I need to get a haircut. I need to do this. And it's like, what? You you never left the couch beforehand. Why the sense of urgency to put your life at risk? But- yeah, Honestly it's, speaking, dude, I have
0: changed very little of my life, right? okay? <laughs>
2: I'm right there with you. I mean, it just, and you know, my wife's a paraeducator. She works in a public school and uh, she works with a variety of kids from age, from kindergarten to sixth grade. And uh, there's no way, you know, they're talking up here in Washington. They're talking about, well, they're going to social distance. They're going to wear masks. Number one, the kids aren't keeping the mask on. Not at all. It's just not going to happen. Number two. They stuff the kids so, you know, they put so many kids per classroom, it's literally impossible for social distancing to take place. So, I mean, I just, I don't understand why they fight it so hard and then have to try to throw something together last minute. Just look at the facts and take this time to get together, you know, a solid plan on how to move forward and let these kids be successful. I mean, I have a senior next year. My my middle child will be a senior, and there's a good chance she's not going to get that senior experience. We were just talking about it today, and uh, you know that's that's unfortunate, and it really sucks. She's worked hard, and I want her to have that, but not at the risk of her life. You know, it's just it's so crazy to me the things I hear and see daily, and the saddest part is none of it surprises me anymore. Well, not yeah, a
0: bit of look. It. I understand some like let's get to the topic of schools real quick boy I didn't really expect it I'm like, hey man let's get together I want to interview you get your story okay we'll get to that um but but like let's take talk about you and I uh we understand uh information technology we understand infrastructure so let's talk about the subject of schools for a moment okay I get it if a school is like, Uh, Okay, the problem with distance learning is even if we have our teachers reporting in class and and doing a zoom out in kind of a mixed thing, like maybe they've got some kids in class, some kids out of class. That's the Mm -hmm. environment I'm thinking. I get it. They're like, we don't have the budget to bring in additional communication lines and improve our networking infrastructure to be able to carry, you know, 30 to 50 video calls at once. Right. Right. I get it. So I understand the economic push there. I understand the economic concerns. Although, in a non-perfect world, if, if they can teach in a classroom and you had everyone at home that has Internet access, you could, in theory, have the teachers utilizing their own broadband at home. Fuck, you expect them to buy the goddamn supplies they need every year. I'm sure they wouldn't mind using their internet as well. Oh, sorry. Did my sass come out? I apologize. Um, I like sassy Will. Well, you know, it's just, look, I'm, I'm honestly speaking, I'm really charged up about a lot of this stuff. Amongst all the other, pardon my language, but all the other shit going on in my life. My deep concerns about the uh, the lack of checks and balances in our government and the direction that we seem to be going where we're getting these asinine pushes to move forward when we're going to have longer term impacts uh, go, you know, from this. Like I said early on, you know, pushing for reopening too soon, it's a gamble. It was a gamble. I don't care what anybody says. It was a political gamble and it's not paying off. But for some reason, we're still trying to push a similar narrative in different uh, areas like schools. So yep. anyway, it's, that drives me nuts. But, you know, again, what can I do from my bubble? Although I did figure that out. I'll share that later if I feel like it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so getting to schools, I get that part. Okay. But other than that, take the politici- politici- politicization. Don't politicize it. It's not a political issue. This is a health and safety issue, okay? Right. And two brilliant things that that uh, came along on this uh, subject for me. Uh, the first was just my own realization, like, you know, every single year when my kids were little, all right? One of them is little. She's going into first grade this year. Mm-hmm. They, uh, every time when they were young and they would go to school, within the first two weeks, what happens, Brian? Someone sick exactly so we can't <laughs> control the common no. cold but we're gonna you get c-
2: lice there's not been a school ever that's been able to successfully you know keep from having a lice breakout it's i, it's,
0: I don't it's, and when it does how long does it go on forever and uh, a day yes that's the second grade example somebody posted that and i was like oh my god you're right And there's no, uh, you know, based on everything we're seeing and the new information that's evolving every day, regardless of your political feelings of the World Health Organization, uh, I think they recently pointed out that when they're getting the data that they're able to process, they're showing that in a room with poor ventilation, you could get infected by somebody 30 feet away. Okay, it's 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 not it's a no bueno situation. There is no indoor solution, I believe, Which means that everybody's at risk. Teachers are at risk of students. Students are at risk of teachers, faculty, administration, all of them. You know, there's risk there that we can't predict, nor can we mitigate at this time. Uh, You know, Disney World is reopened and they have a lot of interesting concepts like any place where the queue wraps around. There's plastic dividers between people. There are the social distancing, six feet dots. You know all this stuff, and, uh, and and it's a good preventative measure. But is it enough? Then you consider students in our district. They're in the room for like ninety minutes at a shot, and so you're right. breathing the air. It just it's a recipe yeah. for disaster. And in a time where cases are rising, I don't understand how this is even a topic for discussion. Uh, the science just doesn't isn't there. Uh, that's my opinion though. What do you, what do you think about all this?
2: I agree completely. I mean and uh, uh speaking of the Disney World thing, I just saw this before I I jumped on online with you. So Disney World opened today. Hong Kong Disneyland has been open for a while. They just announced that they're closing again because of the spike. So like I I don't understand Obviously, it's not working. Um, I love Disneyland more than anyone in the world. It's my favorite place. But this is just insane. There was a theme park in Asia that had a post. And it was asking uh, people in the park not to scream on the roller coasters because it would spread the coronavirus. And it said, we encourage you to scream in your heart. Which is what
0: all of us have been doing ever since we had the shelter in
2: place. That's our motto for 2020. Scream Scream in in your your heart. heart. (laughs) It's
0: perfect. I was going to name this one stoner talk, but now I'm thinking scream in your heart is is maybe just as fitting, especially given the so anyway. Now that I have vented that information out of my system, thank you for dealing with that. I appreciate it. I I apologize for bringing you in for an interview and throwing you into the middle of what is essentially current American, uh, current uh, American heated rhetoric. So right. I apologize.
2: No, oh, that's fine. Luckily, uh, you know me well enough to know where I would come across on most of these issues. So you didn't get hit sideways with like, you know. The lizard people want you to wear a mask. Well, <laughs> uh,
0: that would have been I mean, in a way, it would have been so epic, too, because especially with me great. here sitting here wearing the mask, it would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. I would have that would have been something I would have thoroughly enjoyed uh, <laughs> anyway. So on lighter uh, topics. Sure. Um, Brian. Uh, so as I said, I first took uh, note of you, I guess is the best way to say, because a, a certain fellow that we both admire, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith. I saw that he was tweeting at you and I'm just like, well, wait, who is this guy? Because I think by the time I took notice that that's when, you know, I saw like maybe this was like the third tweet. I'm like, hey, what, what's going on here? What's his story? So why don't you kind of uh, act as a, a little bit of an enlightener uh, for sure. all of us and just say uh, kind of in a way who you are. And then just kind of bring us to up to speed on your story. How do you go from guy in, in Washington who starts Weight Watchers uh, to being a guy that is getting, you know, Hollywood writer, director, actor, multi-hyphenate Kevin Smith's regular attention, if you will. So how, how did it get us there? How did how did this happen?
2: Well, I'll try my best. The The truth is it's still all insane to me, of course, but. Um, you know, I've been a fan of Kevin's work forever. Um, My mom worked, she was a school bus driver. So in the summer they were off, she worked at a video store and I remember renting mall rats and uh, watching it and just falling in love. And then when I returned it, one of her coworkers was like, well, did you see clerks? And I'm like, you know, I was like fifth grade, sixth grade. I'm like, no, no, I haven't seen clerks. And he's like, Oh, it's good, but it's black and white. And I was like, oh, like Wizard of Oz. And he was like, sweet Jesus, no, not like Wizard of Oz. It's black and white, but it's nothing like Wizard of Oz. But So I've been a fan for a long time. Um, and I'd never met Kev, never gotten to go to any of the live shows or anything. And uh, he was doing the Funco grand opening here in Washington up in Everett. And at this point, I wasn't even on Twitter. So I was planning to go as a Funko fan. No idea Kev was going to be there. And um, they botched the opening kind of, and you couldn't get in basically. So I was like, well, we're not going to go. And then I was watching it live and Kev comes out. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. So I told my wife, I was like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, just grab something. You've got a million Kevin Smith items. Just pick one, I'll drive. So it's about eh, two hours from here to Everett. At this point, Kev was on stage when I left my house, so we uh, you know, politely made our way safely up north, and I had Jen's phone in my hand, in my one hand, because she had Twitter. I did not, watching Kev's Twitter, trying to see what's going on. And then I had Facebook in my other hand on my phone, trying to see if I was gonna get the chance. Um, Sorry, I tell long stories. I'll try to make it shorter. So, Dude, look short. who you're
0: talking to.
2: <laughs> I know, but I, I don't want it to get overly winded. I don't want to bore. No, you're good. Uh, Keep going. Because suddenly,
0: um, suddenly I just thought it would be like, oh, well, you know, I started Weight Watchers. Now I'm suddenly in a car with two phones tracking. <laughs> you know, maybe sound a little stalkerish, but it's fine. Don't worry. Please proceed.
2: It's, hey, this was my one shot. So uh, so went up there, had, my co- had a couple comics with me and got to they closed down the big street and so we got to the tent and i was like is kevin smith still here and she was like no no you missed him and i was instantly devastated and uh some rando was just like no you didn't he's standing right over there so i was like oh so we run over and he was doing an interview for local news and i wasn't going to bother him of course i figured i'd kind of missed my shot but i was within you know social distancing you know feet of them so that was cool and I was happy with just that and uh, then he motioned over to me and he asked me if I had like a pen he must have seen the comics and I told him sure and uh, we actually had a pretty good long talk and he talked to the wife talked to the kids and that was our first meeting and it was just crazy you know that was pre-heart attack that was pre-weight watchers Um, after that I got on Twitter and would occasionally get the like you know or something like that from Kev which was insane to me at the time still. But uh, then Kev had the heart attack. And um, that's actually what caused us to form our little Smod squad. We had a group chat just kind of to comfort each other, you know, and try to figure out what was really going on and how bad was it and things like that. And uh, that led, of course, to Kev doing the Weight Watchers thing. Which, at the time, I was 404 pounds. Um, my whole family's big. Everyone's insulin-dependent diabetic but me, uh, my, gra- my dad, grandpa, grandma, all of them. Um, so my whole thing was always I never wanted to be over four, 400 pounds. So when Kev made the announcement, I was like, ugh, I got to go get on the scale. Which, luckily, I worked at the hospital because you need a special scale for someone of that size. So I got on the scale and true enough, it said, you know, 404 pounds. And I was like, well, I guess we're doing this thing together, Kev. And uh, he pretty quickly caught on and uh, we kind of just became each other's cheerleaders and kept each other motivated. And I got to start seeing him more. And I don't know. I mean, there was a million people doing it. I must have had 50 or 60 people sign up from following me on the journey and you know, Kev, I'm sure it was thousands, and uh, that's kind of how that went. That's that was the kind of the start of all of it.
0: I totally get it, man. Um, not to make it all about me, but cool story. Uh, I get it because when that happened, that was kind of a I don't. It, in a way, it was a wake up call for me because there's only seven months of difference between he and I, uh, right. which is weird to think about. It's like you you idolize this guy, which I really do in many ways, uh, still, and it's just like but there's only seven months difference between you two not saying i could have easily been him but you know I, I could have been something like him i guess is the best way to put it so you know there's a lot of of uh similarities there and when that happened first of all there was just the shock of finding out but then it was just the realization it's like you know what holy crap you know it was at the point where he said you know well i've uh, The kind of thing that he said very early on about going vegan, too, is just like, well, you know, I was able to do this for X number of years of my life and it got me here. So maybe it's time to try something new. And that was the exact same thing for me. You know, at the time that it happened, I had a four year old. I also have a 17 year old. I have a wife. I have an entire ecosystem that relies on me. Yep. And was I doing that ecosystem justice? The answer, no, because right. every day I was making choices that put it at risk, because uh, at the time I would rather medicate the issue than I would actually addressing the issue. Absolutely. We won't get into how big pharma wants us to do exactly that. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, I—that uh, was the thing. I just realized I've got to make some changes here because if I don't, something like this could happen. And you know, those are the kind of things you need to recognize. Yeah. My father, uh, at one—first of all, I, I had been told I have hor- like uh, genetically bad cholesterol, and my father uh, n- near the end of his span had to have them go in for each carotid artery like a roto ruler and rooter and clear it out. And it's like, the, the writing's on the wall. You got some genetics that could be predisposed in a negative way. Right. You gotta do something about it, which I did. The culmination of which I think for me, which is where we got to meet, was when I got to go to New Orleans to to play as an extra one day on, on uh, reboot, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And the people came out with an XL T-shirt. <laughs> and, and mind you, like right now I'm wearing one of my old 3XLs. That was the standard. And there were some comfortable 3XLs and some uncomfortable 3XLs. <laughs> yes. So to be handed an XL T-shirt uh, to be in a, a Kevin Smith movie, first of all, the latter part, wow, that's surreal. But the mm. former part, it's like being handed an XL T-shirt, it's like, oh, my gosh. What do you know? I, I I actually set my mind to it, and I did something.
1: Yep. And I'm sure you were the same way. Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith. Would you like to wake and bake with me like three times a week? Uh, would you like to hear me talk to my wife about intimate details about our personal life, which in 21 years of being married ain't really all that exciting anymore? Would you like to hear all the old episodes of fat man on batman where i used to sit down and record one-on-one interviews with people and stuff uh do you want to listen to old episodes of jane silent bob get old there's one place where you got to go man join me at that kevin smith club that's right if you go to that kevin you can join as a clerk or a mall rat or a yoga hoser or a fun employee, man. There's all different levels, uh, but you get access to really cool stuff, including cartoons nobody sees anymore, uh, stand-up specials nobody's ever seen, movies people don't get to see anymore. It's all right there in the Smithsonian Screening Room, man, and the uh, podcast library is deep, kids. It's deep, man. Except for Hollywood Babylon, that's available at, over at the Ralph Report. So, but everything else, come to that dot com, man, and we want to club you don't you want a club Kevin Smith here's your chance that so uh so so I uh, I know that um
0: uh, uh a lot of the Smod squad got together' until I was introduced to you guys when we went to New Orleans but uh, how did that come together for you how did your trip to New Orleans like kick off like at what point were you like hey you've been chosen this is the day
2: yeah I mean that was just a crazy turn of events because at the time I had a a really bad job and I got no paid vacation, got no paid time off period. Um, it didn't make a lot like there was no chance of me building a costume and entering that way. Um, which I saw a lot of people going through and getting accepted and a lot of my friends, which was great. And I was super happy for them. And, uh, I had had Jordan's email from a previous, you know, interaction, because by this time, me and Kev have been, you know, going back and forth on Twitter for I don't know a year, maybe. Yeah, I guess about a year, year and change, and we'd met up at multiple shows and stuff like that. And uh, so I shot Jordan an email, and I was like, "Listen, if there's any way." I can just like stand in the parking lot outside. You know, I don't need anybody. I don't need anything from anybody. Just if I can get, you know, the okay that it would be all right, I'll figure out the rest of it. And she was like, "Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, Kevin would love to have you down here. That would be great. You know, when are you available?" And I remember she gave me like a like a block of time that was like a week. And I was like, "A week off paid or a week off unpaid, we'll just <laughs> That in my whole – that would put us homeless. So I'm like, I can't do that. I can do like a couple days. And she was like, perfect. So uh, I didn't have um, – I didn't do the costume thing. I just had a bunch of friends that were going. And I was like, you know, I don't ever ask for anything. But this is one of those times where this is a once-in-a-lifetime ability. I got the permission from the wife. So I was like, I'm going to shoot my shot. And and luckily, it worked out. But by that point, I would lost, I want to say – I was like ninety eight pounds or so, so I mean, and like I said, Kevin had been tracking the whole time, so it it wasn't uh, it was I didn't feel too uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable asking, but I didn't feel too uncomfortable. Let's say that.
0: Well, I know uh, uh, it. It it was still it, it was at a great time, and, it, and uh, the thing that we never anticipated was the. Amazing serendipity of the uh, of the day that we got to go because we got to stick around and actually see, which is uh, one of the uh, San Diego Comic-Con limited edition uh, originals of a Funko Pop now as well. The day we went, we got to see what actually turned out to be the production around town signs uh, namesake, which was Iron Bob. And that came walking out, and that was just insane. Uh, but I, I, I just kind of want to roll it back for a second. An amazing accomplishment: losing ninety eight pounds. So congratulations to you, sir. Thank the you. only bad news is accomplishing that and then going to New Orleans. I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That first night, we all went to dinner, and they brought out that uh, that dessert platter. And I remember you and I; we were both like. Oh, no, (laughs) but you know, I actually, uh, I think my problem was drinking more than it was eating in new Orleans, but fair enough. There's a lot of that going around every once in a while. You know, we, I'd been at it really hardcore for over a year at that point. I think by the time we hit new Orleans, I think I was down, I was at four Oh four. And I think when we landed, Right before we took off, I weighed myself and I was 298. So I was down, what's that, 106 pounds? I think you mean so, 398, but yeah.
0: Or no, 298. Yeah, that's out yeah, Three on
2: one side and two on the other. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I, I let myself a little loose, but it's funny after that long of eating a certain way, you just don't care so much. You know, I mean, I, I would have put New Orleans out of business if I went down there when I was 400 pounds. Amen, I man. Everything inside it was all so delicious. But... Bring me
0: all the beignets, all the po boys. <laughs> I am ready. Absolutely. Bring me your beans and rice. Bring me it all. I would, and, and you know, I did. I, I think, I think the compromise I made with myself is I just agreed uh, because our location was so op- well, not optimal, optimal, but because it was so close to production in a way. I, at least where I stayed, I was just determined. I will walk. Everywhere that will be my compromise. If I have to get anywhere, I'm going to do it walking, so that way I'm yep. at least moving and burning some calories and doing something. Which honestly, I think is the only reason why I fit into the XL T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I got to tell you the funny thing, and I, I'm sure you've heard about it before, but I just thought it was very funny. I wish I could look at. Uh, I'm not going to scroll all the way back, but I got two messages at the same time when we got to set. You know, because I let everyone know I'm here uh, mainly because I, and you know, quite selfishly, I'll admit this. I did not want to sit in the extras room all day, um, <laughs> right. but you know, I just I still had no guarantees, but I threw it out or I'm here. And the, and, uh, I heard a, from two different people, which is Jordan and Kevin, I heard great. And then each one immediately asked the second question, is Brian Stoner with you?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's the most insane part to me is like uh, later on in the day, you came looking for me and you're like showing me your phone. You're like, Jordan needs to see you. And I'm like, Oh, is this real? Is this real life? You know? And then we go in and it's just, it's so insane to me for someone that's been a fan, a fan, as long as I have, the whole thing is just, Just crazy. I mean, it really is. Well, I think the coolest thing
0: that kind of uh, there's all Kevin has always maintained a connection to his audience. So really, none of us should experience too much of a surprise. And I think if you are diligent enough, you can always kind of have your moment with Kevin Smith. I think it's always possible. Uh, you know, if he's at a location near you, I guess I should throw that caveat in, (laughs) but you know, it's, 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 it's a reality that you can very easily make happen because he makes himself very available to his fans. Uh, you know, it's all on front street as he would say. Right. So, uh, we shouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, it is extremely cool when it happens and seeing the recognition that happens because, uh, you know, if you have not seen, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, but you're somehow listening to this, don't get it. But uh, if you do watch that, there's an incredible thing in there. Kevin insisted that all of the extras who were in the background for the multiple days of shooting, they were all included in the credits of the movie. So you and I have an official credit in Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot. Yep. As do many of the people that we know. And it's an extremely extremely cool thing. So, uh, let me ask you then what, uh, in, in a journey of a hundred pounds, what are the biggest challenges and what advice can you give to people on, on how to start that journey and keep it going? Yeah.
2: Um, I think the, the hardest things for me personally were number one, um, soda. I'd, As a kid, we didn't get soda. It wasn't something that was, you know, that was like a very, very special treat. So as soon as I got old enough, I could get my own pop. I was drinking pop nonstop. And that's a lot of where that weight came from because I wasn't fat in high school. Um, So that was a hard one. That was really, really tough. And the whole reason I got over that was the first day I did Weight Watchers, I said, I'm just going to eat like I normally do track my points, and that way I could see where I'm at. So got up in the morning, had a Coke, got in the car, went to McDonald's, two sausage McMuffins with egg, large Coke, hash brown, got to work. Mm -hmm. By then, I'd ate all that, drank the two Cokes, and I got in my app and put in my points, and I used all my points for like a day and a half.
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow i actually as as somebody that has used the system
2: uh i'm
0: surprised that's all it was so that's
2: good well i'm a big guy so i get lots of points but the coke alone was like 18 points it was insane so um that was the big hurdle as far as like change of lifestyle that was definitely it i hated drinking water Um, And I had to train myself how to do that because I don't drink coffee. I don't drink tea for a fat guy. I'm extremely picky on what I eat and drink, which is weird. Um, I have to eat mass quantities of very few items to get to be the size I was, but I figured it out and I made it happen.
0: Hey, let me tell you, Brian, if I may, uh uh, you know, you, you don't really think about it when it's happening. And also, kudos to you for having the balls to be completely honest. Because I'll tell you, anytime I started a, any type of program, whatever happened before uh, that got me there, I completely and totally lied to myself and burned that bridge pretending it never happened. I'm just adopting this new way, and this is where I'm going. Instead, you confronted the reality to understand what its real impact was, which is great. Uh, second of all, if I can just say, if you get a sausage biscuit, add cheese. Oh, my God. That's how I got there, because that right. is a uh, a guilty pleasure that you can do very easily at McDonald's. And because, you know, at the same time, look, folks, if you're ever ordering something and you're concerned, the other the person on the other side might be judging your choice. Make better choices. That's, right. that's, I mean, if you, if you want to be happy in your heart instead of screaming in your heart, um, <laughs> you know, just come up with choices that, that don't make you feel like, uh, oh, God, I hope nobody's, you know, saying, why is this guy adding cheese to a sausage biscuit because it's nummy? Don't judge. Um, you know, just, nah. But I got I gave you kudos, man, because that is something I—I I don't think I've ever done. I've never sat down and actually wrote down what I ate uh, that got me where I was. Uh, yeah. So that's a that's a that's a kind of reality facing that I don't think I've ever had the balls to do. Um, but I would also uh, say that uh, I guess the key takeaway there is to to actually look at what you're doing and then find something that also
2: works for you, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all about. I looked at it like um, almost like balancing my checkbook. It's like, okay, I got X amount of points. I can, you know, be very frugal and eat what I'm supposed to and then have like one splurge. Or I can just eat as much as, you know, the points will allow every single day and use my weeklies, you know, a little bit every day and just try to fight this change as hard as I can. Try to keep some, you know, bit of normalcy. And um, my whole thing, the deal breaker would be pizza. Like I was like, if I can't eat pizza, this will not work. And uh, so I stuck to my guns and one day a week I had pizza for dinner. And the funny thing is sticking to my guns the other days, my stomach shrank. So when I used to eat a whole large pizza, you know, shortly I was like two pieces and I'm done, you know? So It works itself out, but it's all about balancing. I mean, that – and then the other thing that had to change was I had to teach myself that food is not a reward. Like, as someone with limited funds, you know, I wasn't going out and buying, you know, new cars or, like, this or going on vacations or things like that. Like, if I had a horrible day, like a sack of cheeseburgers on the hour drive home, that's a, you know – that's my award ceremony. So having to break that down as well was tough. But once you do it, you know, it it works out. And and then once you start seeing results, it makes it easier to make those changes and sacrifices.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and then you also make certain discoveries like, oh, wow, you know, there really are inexpensive ways to eat uh, healthy and eat a lot or healthier. Right. And eat a lot of food. I mean, uh, I think like one of the hacks that my sister and inter- sister-in-law introduced me to, I can't even remember what it was at the time, but it was like some type of protein and then a can of, uh, green beans. And those two things combined were zero points. So I've now eaten food, but I'm not accumulating the white watchers daily point, uh, deficiency or, or, uh. Withdrawal, if you will. So, uh, you know, and it's the same thing I've kind of been doing now. Although I do admit that early on, I I think uh, I don't want to say before it seems to have become a fad, but part of the thing that helped me and and the most important part of it was in redefining my relationship with food. Uh, Because, you know, like food is under reward. You brought up a really great point. For me, food is an experience. Okay. It's not a meal it's not sustenance it's an experience right i even say that i tell my 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 language about food is very specific my my i tell my children you know give me a moment i'm just trying to enjoy my dessert or i'm trying to enjoy my drink i don't say i'm trying to drink it i'm trying to enjoy it so Still very much an experience for me, but I had to redefine what that experience and what that relationship was. And I think it was about a year ago. No, 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 no. It was at the start of last year, 2019. Well, more to the tail end of 2018. I started intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. as a way to just kind of first as a way just to try and reset uh, myself. You know, like, can I... Do I really have to eat right now or am I thirsty? You know, will drinking something get me through? And, you know, like with you and sodas, I don't. The biggest thing they say is to drink water. I can't stand plain water. It tastes like water. Right. That makes sense. Uh, Or it's got no rewarding. Like I said, it's about the experience. But I did find a company called True Lemon that made something that I think is a five calorie raspberry lemonade flavor. Uh, for zero points, and then uh, I add an additional packet of the true lemon lemon wedge, so it's it's dehydrated lemon juice that I then put in for that little extra lemony kick, but I dilute it across 32 ounces of water, and I can drink this to the cows come home, and it's almost like a dessert. So, yep. you know, finding new ways to have things you like, and you also need to find out what, what really does work for you. I think... Realistically speaking, you just need to look at the nutrition that you're taking in and do something there. You know, I honestly speaking, I kind of I never really admitted to it because, again, it it almost seemed like a stigma to me in public. But, you know, I I have been kind of following the ketogenic diet for a while now, and I've gotten to the point where I've stabilized. So now I need to reevaluate what else can change so I can get out of the rut that I'm in. How many, how many ruts have you hit on your journey so far?
2: Oh, there, there's been quite a few. I mean, and one thing about my journey that, that sometimes I wish I hadn't done, but I posted my weekly weigh-ins almost religiously every week on Twitter, um, which was great for the support and stuff, but man, it really held me accountable and it was tough on those weeks where either I gained or I, you know, three weeks in a row, haven't lost any weight, those ruts were, were really tough to, you know, hey everyone, look at me. I'm doing okay. You know, it's like it yeah, was nothing to celebrate. Well, and and I think
0: that's the only bummer about Weight Watchers is that it's something that's very weight based, right? And I think the other thing, and first of all, again that level of accountability is exactly why you succeeded because you knew for every action there would be an equal or opposite reaction. So, you know, kudos to acknowledging that, you know, like, well, I'm going to put this out there. So that way, you know, if I've had a really crappy day, I'm not going to stop at McDonald's and ask for, uh, the, you know, for four cheeseburgers, ketchup only, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, The problem with Weight Watchers, and I'm not disparaging it in any way, I think it's a great program and it definitely works for people. You just have to understand it really is a lifestyle. It's not a a program to follow or anything else. If it works for you, you you should follow that lifestyle and stick with it. Because really when it comes to it, none of us should be dieting. We should be adjusting our diet, what we take in. At least all of this, my opinion, take it for what it's worth fuck off with it. If you don't, I don't care. Uh, well, I do care, but I'm just hoping I'm imparting wisdom to somebody. I shouldn't be nonchalant and disvalue anyone. You know, whatever. Goddamn political correctness can suck my ass. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say is that something that's purely weight-based knowing what I know now about the way my body reacts to things, I think is it, there have to be times where you're not limiting your success in any way. While still acknowledging that uh, you feel good and that everything is okay, that even though the scale is telling one story, that's not the full definition of what I believe is being taking healthy steps on my journey. Uh, Prime example, if I go out right now and I jog for the next two days, I'm going to have a weight gain because I will have ripped my muscles. My body will retain water to address healing those torn that torn muscle tissue. Right. If I take Advil, I am going to retain more water. My weight will go up. If I have a high sodium something, my weight will go up. Like I have now gotten to the point where I understand how things react in my system. Like I know, well, you know what? I'm going to have this and I'm I know after eating it for two days, I'm going to see a spike in my weight and then it's going to drastically drop down. I know exactly what I take in. And and the impact it will have on me, and I, th- I'm not uh, not following a program, or I'm not uh, doing anything wrong in in when that happens. Uh, other things that can impact it as well are like sleep. So if you're getting shitty sleep, yep, you know you're not going to have perfect weight loss, or you're not going to see what you're going to want to see on the scale. And that's the only reason why I think something that is purely weight based isn't right. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I think measurements really are the one tell all like if you measure across several different points on your body. But anyway, um, now I guess my other question is how, cause one of the things I have a concern with, and I, I'm going to get a little personal here, um, mm-hmm. uh, only because it's what you look like with your clothes off. That's all. That's uh, the mm-hmm. only way it's getting personal. I'm not like, so how is that when you're in the bedroom now? No, it's <laughs> not what I'm looking for. But, um, one of my biggest concerns is Having been somebody that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that it, I think at my highest recorded weight, uh, there was a time I got on the scale and I was at 336, which for me, because I carry a lot of weight everywhere really left for an interesting looking individual. So much <laughs> so looking back on my wife is like, look at this picture. And I'm like, oh my God, it looks like I'm, uh, I ate and I'm wearing a will suit. Um, <laughs> I Where was I going with this? I was going somewhere with this, I know. Uh, Anyway, oh, my biggest concern that I've had uh, Mm -hmm. is uh, what we have seen, I think, more from shows like The Biggest Loser and the like, but I don't know the implications for my own body, and that is uh, extra skin, if you will. Because if you imagine the human body as a balloon... Once you've inflated that balloon, it can never go back to that original shape, uh, especially if you really blow up a balloon nice and big. So uh, I have no evidence. I have no facts in this. My only belief is if you that can definitely happen if you experience extreme weight loss in a short period. I don't know what happens if you gradually lose weight over a longer period period. In your particular case, it sounds like over the course of about a year, you shed a hundred pounds. Would you say that's kind of accurate? Yep. So, uh, have you seen any of that yet? Because I definitely have points on my body that I think if I were able to get rid of another 50 pounds, let's say I, I, I might have some concerns. And have you experienced that,
2: well, the, the thing that's good and bad that I have going for me in this regard is yes, I lost hundred pounds, but still technically for my size and everything else, I'm still chubby. So it's, I don't have any like super loose skin or anything like that. Cause I didn't lose, I think I would have had to have lost like 200 pounds.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my baby brother, he was like 440 pounds in high school. He was very large. And uh, he lost like 280 pounds after high school. And he has a severe issue with like loose skin. And and it is very dramatic and something he deals with daily. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in a perfect world, if I could get down to 280, which as far as doctors are concerned, I would still be fat. But I would be okay with that for my build. And I don't think I would have to go up against um, that. Extreme loose skin. I think I could Im- incorporate a little, you know, uh, like weight training or something, and kind of balance it out a little bit. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, I get you. So, what you're saying is basically, uh, you you haven't deflated the balloon to the point where you would know yet. That's and and that's the exact same boat I'm in. I I don't know what would happen because, real ideally speaking, it's around 50 pounds. I think I would still want to get rid of. Uh, but you know, I still look. And I freely admit this in in just strictly the uh, puffiness category. I look much better than I used to. And, you know, I do see and this is the one that bugs me the most is is I see a lot of the examples here in the neck as that double chin has shrunken
2: down. That's where I'm like, get those actual jaw lines like you actually look like you have a chin. It's it's nice. And it's, it's scary
0: and I see it right there, but you know what, I, I, I'd rather have it than the alternative. It's just, uh, thankfully I don't think even if I were to get to a good conservative size that it would, um, it would it would be a direct impact but i tell you sitting here in a mask the whole time i think the only thing that does happen is because i talk so goddamn much i don't have the same coping mechanisms i do to get new air in you know what i mean right so i gotta take some that's why you constantly hear a long big pause but then that i think i'm doing well uh so uh let me let me get on to my next question now uh because we are a tech podcast so uh i gotta ask you brian do you have a nintendo switch I do. Is it amazing as I think it is? Because, like, of course, cannot get one.
2: <laughs> so, is, is this is that this is that for, forbidden fruit? A little bit going on. I mean, I do love it, and um, it is great. If you're a Nintendo fanboy, like the Nintendo titles, they have um, a new Paper Mario coming out that I'm just dying to play. Um, but i play my pc 90 percent of the time and jump on the switch occasionally the wife usually has the switch but it is great and cool. you should get one
0: yeah but i my family caught me it. looking and they're like another gaming system to just sit there where's your ps4 spider-man boy and and really it's sitting right over there on a pile not hooked up to anything but i did Everything in my life is dependent on projects. My daughter, as a matter of fact, had a a great uh, exchange with my wife. She sent my wife this TikTok, which is just of some kid shooting her dad. The dad is looking out. He's looking out his back, uh, sliding glass door. He's holding a cup of coffee. And, you know, near the very end, he just takes a sip. And then the cup starts to go away. And the caption was perfect. It was just like. Every dad figuring out how to make his backyard his bitch, you know, is, <laughs> is what that moment was, which I could very relate to. Uh, but my daughter also then chimed in with extras like this is totally dad every weekend. Like afterwards, I get to hear about all the projects and crafts he wants to do. And I just go, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, she saved it with. But I would never I, I wouldn't want anything different. So that was good to hear as a tag. Well, on. Yeah. No, the very end but when they did catch me looking at uh, to see how unobtainable a Nintendo Switch is they're like another gaming system of course which I said yeah even though i'm sure the other thing you, you can pretty much uh, lay good money on is that if i'm looking at or i'm finally buying a gaming system it means the next one's about to come out yeah, right because you know i'm as i said only 7 months younger than kevin smith which puts me at 49 So I got no business buying gaming systems anyway, unless it's supposedly for the kids. But it never is. It's always about me. Um, But they are very unobtainable. And part of it is because of of direct impact from uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, outbreak. But that is supposedly changing now. You know, my whole thing is I'm just not willing to try to get to Target early to be able to try and find one if they just happen to get them that day. But yeah, Yeah. there is a shortage, and I'm envious of everyone that has them. Uh, But but now explain to me, though, the docking situation. How does that work?
2: So it's (laughs) – being an IT person, you're going to love this. It's just like the simplest thing ever because it's just like a USB-C cord plugged into a piece of plastic pretty much. And that's kind of all it is. It's very minimalistic. You just plug it in. It's only got the one port, and that's all. What does that do?
0: Does it convert down to HDMI? Yeah. There we go. So so I got to give him credit. This is kind of a genius move if it's able to, you know, unless you uh, add it into the dock and it gets some type of extra processing power too. For a gaming system concept, it's kind of genius where you have yeah. – your controllers are on the other side of your screen, and then you can detach the controllers from that and mount them into a dock, and now you're able to play on your TV. Amazing concept, aside from the potential processing power, et cetera, et cetera. But if, yeah. if you were able to kind of have a system that, like let's imagine a PS5 where you know you have a limiteder function and then for the TV bigger function, I guess, uh, I don't know how others would adapt it but then again Nintendo really doesn't seem to give two shits about what other people are doing they just always seem to go their own way
2: well the funny thing about Nintendo is and for so many years I've been thinking to myself like this is gonna be it because I've been a Nintendo fanboy forever like I was like not I was not with Sega I didn't step away from Nintendo until Xbox came out but I've owned every console I've always gamed my dad gamed so I was just it was just what we did but... I've gotten to the point where there's no point in buying a PS5. There's no point in buying the new Xbox. Like My PC is way more powerful than both. Pretty much all the games I really want to play, I can get on PC. But then there's Nintendo, where they're going, yeah, but you can't do this. Like That's the reason why I have a Switch. I've gotten rid of all of my other consoles because I just do everything on my PC. But Nintendo is just brilliant their games for the most part are trash. The only ones that are good are the Nintendo titles. Yeah. And and they're amazing. Like they're just flawless. The you know, they come out with a Zelda game once every 12 years or something and it's ridiculous. It's the best game you've ever played every single time. <laughs> and they've got this way to make this business model work where it's like, "No, everything, we're not the most powerful. We're not trying to be. We don't have the best display." Our controls are goofy, but guess what? You want to play Mario? All right, give us $500. Like, it's it's insane to me, but it's also very beautiful.
0: It's a very basic actual business concept, which is just creating the demand so that you can supply something. And in, in, yep. they recognize to use... Uh, current terms, they recognize what their brand is and they're playing to it, which is exactly what you should do. I mean, look, it's it's the same thing a topic that keeps coming up. Same thing Kevin Smith does. You know, he, he knows his brand, he knows his audience, and he tries to deliver to that so that way there is an equitable relationship between the two. And that's exactly what they've done. You know, I can't uh, the only thing I will say is that I have not screwed with a uh, with a Zelda game in a long time Mainly because I think it was on the original uh, Nintendo system. I was playing one of the Zelda games, and I had it saved, and it was finally, uh, not even saved. I had it, and I was, I, I was at the the shadow battle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My dog comes running in the room, bumps the Nintendo, all for naught, all
2: progress gone, done. Yep, and that's yeah. a pain. I couldn't come back from Brian. <laughs> I've seen it happen. My uh, my dad in the '90s, he was a machinist for Boeing, and they loved to go on strike. So he would play Zelda, and my mom would hand draw maps. I don't know why this happened. I I'm pretty sure we could have bought a strat guide for eight dollars, but for some reason, my mom had to draw hand draw the maps. But they did did this for hours.
0: It was their hey man. Maybe it was their thing, and she's like, "This is a way I get to be a part
2: of this." I, I guess, but I remember <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. But my dad had to play in his recliner, and in order to make that work, he would pull the console as far as the co- the cords would go so it would be sitting in the middle of the living room, and I ran through and kicked that power cord out of the back, and he lost. God only knows. That is the maddest I have ever seen that man in my life. So, yeah, that pain is very real, and it lingers for oh. a very
0: And you get one, and you get one bad save at the wrong time. Oh man! I will tell you, I may completely agree with you, and you're the second bearded glass wearing glasses wearing guy to tell me. You know, I've almost switched exclusively to my uh, to my PC, and now that I've got a PS4 controller that is Bluetoothed to my system, I'm 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 inclined to agree because I can either go with the uh, aswd on my keyboard or i can go now with the controller if i want that kind of feel best of all you know i can put my com- i can take my uh, screen and i could put it up on a big screen if i wanted that tv effect or i've just got a very intimate setup here so i totally get it and and i i will heavily evaluate uh, titles and buying decisions based on that now because if like for example if i could get marvel spider-man on anything but a ps4 right. i would do that if there's the oppo- uh, opportunity to get uh the miles morales spider-man game via pc instead of a gaming system i would do that yep. you know i think more than i know uh that uh you know, there are specific titles they only release on these things to help support sales. And, and I typically if I see a branded version of the gaming system, I pretty much figure, oh, that's probably exclusive. They're going to get my money anyway. Uh, but yep. but I would definitely agree with you. But then again, you know, look at the look at the titles that I play. I think I got an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty because I wanted to play the Arkham games. I got right. the PS Four only because I wanted to play the Spider Man game, which Marvel Spider Man is an amazing title, and I've still got things I could be doing on it. But as I said, not hooked up to anything. Yeah. Um. But I you know I don't know that I, I really want to screw with any gaming systems now. Uh, what I do find hilarious, however, is that it's easier to connect a ps4 controller to a pc than it is an xbox 360 controller to a pc powered by windows
2: 10. now well no 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 i've I've got mine right here this is what i (laughs) the i have windows 10 i've got xbox one controller Mm -hmm. play the the second it plugs in it it instantly works oh yeah but
0: but, no, no no i'm sorry you just said one hyphenated term there. Once it plugs
2: in. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I do have Bluetooth, but I run my headset through my controller and sound over Bluetooth, obviously, is is problematic. So, we're not. I get it.
0: I get it. I'm just saying that it's, you know, wirelessly, I was able to connect this up much faster. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure if I had looked at, I don't even know, I think there is another, there's an Xbox controller around here somewhere. It looks like C3PO, because my Xbox 360 is the limited edition Star Wars R2-D2 version. I would expect nothing less. Dude, I won that, too. I didn't pay for it, so that's dope. Uh, The only bad thing was I I wanted the same Christmas my family got me an Xbox 360 for Christmas, and I returned their gift because it wasn't the R2-D2 one, and I, to this day, think I probably shouldn't have even brought that up now. That's what I think. Oops. Oh, well so what is a just for my own edification to kind of wrap things up then so the other hot buzz all over the twitterverse for example is is animal crossing on the on the on the nintendo switch so much so that it even turns out like danny trejo is a big player of this video game but what what is an animal crossing can you tell me brian
2: yeah so i'm an og animal crossing player i've been playing since gamecube when it originally came out and it is the it's the cure for the world we live in will it's happy very relaxing there's no violence there's no crime there's no disease you just it's a it's the most I, I don't want to say dumbed down because that sounds really bad. It's like a sim. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a simplified sim. So you walk around. You're the only human on the island. You got all your buddies. They're all various animal types. Um, they do the Charlie Brown talk where they don't actually – you can read, but they don't sound like humans. Mm-hmm. And then you waste your time away collecting random furniture or fishing or digging up fossils. Um, but it is ridiculously addictive. And uh, I mean, you can waste hours. And it's just like, it takes your mind and just pushes everything out. It's, it's weird. Someday there'll be a study because I've been playing this game for, I don't know, see, Jen and I have been married almost 20, for like, I don't know, 15 years or something. And uh, this is the third console I've had it on. And it's the exact same thing. They make little differences, (laughs) but like in the first one, you could get Nintendo cartridges and then you'd put them in your house in animal crossing. And it would allow you to play like punch out in animal crossing, but the original NES version, which was huge back then, like that was crazy. But um, it's just, it's like, video game therapy it's just an eraser for everything bad in the world and there's a reason why everyone and their brother is playing it so how so then
0: um so i can't so this is nothing new it's been around since gamecube that's the first thing i'm hearing and i'm like wow because i've never heard of it so why is it so uh why is it such big news that it's out on the nintendo switch now
2: because we haven't gotten one since the Wii. So, like, when the Switch U came out, or the Wii U, I guess it was called, um, there was no Animal Crossing for it. They put out a couple for the Game Boy, but they were, at meh, and they put out a mobile version, also very meh. Um, this has been the first full real-life Animal Crossing since uh, oh, the Wii.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, people have been waiting, because, like, when it hit, on GameCube at the time I was working as assistant manager at a video game store and no one knew like what to do with this thing. Like why is anyone going to buy it? And it was like me and all my heavy metal buddies working at the shop. And like three weeks later we're like, Hey man, do you have apples on your Island? Cause I've got peaches and I don't know what to do. Like Sonia wants an apple and I I, I got to get her an apple, man. Can you help me out? <laughs> and we're all like listening to Metallica and, and now we're trying to appease a bunny in a paisley dress because <laughs> she wants a piece of fruit that doesn't grow on her island. It got real weird real quick. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, but there's something about the game. Um, my grandmother, we lived with her and took care of her until she passed away. And her last couple of years, she had got addicted to Facebook uh, Farmville. Mm-hmm. And she I found out she was spending ridiculous amounts of real money on um Farmville mm-hmm. so it's like I have to fix this so I got her um uh wee and I got her Animal Crossing and I said here you go you can you can water the flowers you can fish you can catch you can catch bugs you can do this I kid you not she would get up in the morning come out to the living room and she would call me and be like can you get the we out of my um out of my room and bring it out to the living room Sure, I would move it and when she'd go to bed I need you to move it back and uh, it was that was the old controller style where you had to use both hands Mm -hmm. and uh, she had mobility issues but she would be laying sideways in her bed just fishing and just it made her so happy like all those things that she used to be able to do before you know she got in the wheelchair and stuff she was fishing she was tending to her garden she would she would type letters to these ai characters in the game like long letters mm-hmm. <laughs> wish them happy birthday it it brought her so much joy the game itself has absolutely no purpose there's, <laughs> well, there's I
0: mean, no really do do any games really have so so with the current iteration mm-hmm. is there any multiplayer functionality like can i come visit your island in any way
2: you can absolutely yes cuz like uh being the elitist that I am, I have all the fruits on my island. I worked very hard to make sure that happened. It took some time, but so like usually when you get your island you have one fruit. That's it. And it's all random, just depends because every island's different kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's four or five different types in all. And the only way you can get other ones is by traveling to friends' islands and, you know, picking an apple off their tree and smuggling it home in your pocket and planting it on your island. Oh, so, yeah. so you're a
0: good person yeah. to know if I ever do get a system in Animal Crossing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have money trees on my island where oh, I've planted money, and now one bag of money, when the tree blooms, turns into three bags of money. Well, that's so, just
0: good uh, math as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, and I mean, the game has its own stock market with the turnip prices. Oh, you man. buy your turnips, and then you got to check in for prices every day, see what they're selling at, go to different islands. This, so is starting to, well, this is starting to sound like a lot of work, Brian. I'm not going to lie. It's, it doesn't matter, Will, because the second you get in, Animal Crossing takes over.
0: Okay. I've learned know. my lesson from Twitter and from TikTok <laughs> and everything else. Basically, what you just said is, Will must not buy a Switch or play Animal Crossing. Understood completely. Because right now my biggest challenge is trying to get to and pass Patrick Swayze on mall brawl. That's what I'm trying to (laughs) accomplish in life. Okay. And that in itself, bad goal, but doesn't take a lot of time. What you're explaining sounds like a second job. (laughs)
2: it's all it's you don't have to do any of it remember there's no oh oh, yeah
0: no no i hear you i understand but but i am a gamer and suddenly it's like oh i i need to accomplish something i need to do this oh wait i don't have this how do i get this then next thing you know i'm finding out animal crossing quests and i'm I'm looking at this and i'm looking at that get a strategy guide hey do you know do you have a friend that has peaches i got apples what's going on (laughs) no man no Uh uh-uh thank you (laughs) You know what? Uh, This has been great because now I know I don't need to worry about getting one of these and I don't need to worry about animal crossing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for liberating me from that, Brian. Thank you.
2: I'll (laughs) I'll see you online in a week. Bastard.
0: (laughs) Who knows, man, because the, the Nintendo shortage is supposedly coming to an end.
2: So we shall see. It's a great console. Um, good luck though. Cause if you do get one and you do get animal crossing, I guarantee your daughters and your wife will be very interested. You may think, oh, she's never played a game in ever, never. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll yep. see. I Okay. Well, now you see. Now you're trying to challenge me again. I'm not going to fall for it, dude. I'm <laughs> not going to. I've had I've had enough influences in my life. I get it. No, no. No, I get it. First, tr- first taste is free, pal. Okay. Right. I, I've heard the story before. I've heard this before. <laughs> Anyway, man, uh, thank you so much for your time. I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this was a really pleasant time to talk. You, you let me have some political venting. We got to have some great conversations about... Ways that people can potentially improve their life, if that's what they're looking to do, and uh, I've learned to stay the hell away from Animal Crossing. Thank you for that; <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. Because you know, the other part of it is, it's just the have not in me. I don't have a switch. Other people do. I can't get a switch. I want a switch. That's oh, all great. it is. I know. I know yep. my. I know me, bro. I know me. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yep, I totally get it.
0: Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, It's always interesting to hear how somebody's journey gets started, Uh, how especially in how I came to know you. And now, you know, I I look forward to any time that we get to have an exchange uh, because it's just I know it's it's that communal thing of of being people with like minds and personalities that, you know, just kind of, if it's a healthy type of relationship, it's, it's something to look forward to every day, which I do. So thank you very much. And uh, hopefully if you don't mind coming back again,
2: we can do this again yeah anytime you just let me know i'd be more than happy to swing by
0: right on man i appreciate it so uh thank you very much uh everyone for joining thank you for uh listening as always remember go to com for any of the important links about the show you can including our patreon if you want to become a subscriber to us and support us because all of the money from our patreon goes right back into the show, including upgrades. For example, if Brian here were to become a regular co-host, uh, an alternative co-host if you will, in much in the same way that Trent is the regular host, you know, that's the, the the Patreon money is what we use to then get any equipment upgrades that we need so that way everyone's got the same standard kind of thing. And we really appreciate it so thank you very much. As a matter of fact, there are unique rewards and considering I'm clearing away a lot of Loot Crate stuff in here, it's a great time to become one of our, our Patreon supporters uh, much in like a uh, Miranda Janelle, who, uh, you know, just need her updated address and the package that was returned would go back out. Just saying. Anyway, folks, thank you very much. Uh, Until next time. Sorry, I'm just pulling this up. Uh, Until next time, my name is Will. Brian. There you go. And uh, (laughs) we'll be back soon.